Money FM 89.3, the best of the breakfast huddle. Mind your business with the breakfast huddle only on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3, you're listening to The Breakfast Huddle. Time now for Mind Your Business, where we're going to be looking at strategic responses to grand challenges in the business world. While we transition from pandemic to endemic, we're about to enter a new phase in our nation's development. We can expect that the next 50 years will not be the same as before, with a new set of grand challenges served on a platter for the next generation to solve. These include climate change, increased geopolitical tensions, and increased legislative disruptions. Domestically, Singapore will also have to grapple with grand challenges such as aging societies and inflationary pressures, which has already begun to drive a sharp increase in government spending. So how can these grand challenges be addressed with the proper utilization of location, expertise and data? Well, we have on the line Arijit Chatterjee, Associate Professor, ESSEC Business School, Asia Pacific. Welcome to the show. Hi. Glad to talk to you. So give us your definition of these grand challenges. Well, uh, that's a tough question, you know, because uh, if you look at history, uh, the phrase grand challenges uh, has changed, you know, its meaning over the last 120 years. So I would say briefly, these are uh, system-wide problems that affects large populations in many countries. Uh, they are of a global scale. If you go back again, go back in history, you know, there was a German mathematician, David Hilbert. He put together a list of uh, mathematical problems to be solved. Uh, but over the years, we have understood that uh, grand challenges uh, are not really problems that can be solved, but uh, challenges uh, that need to be addressed. You already mentioned in my intro briefly, climate change, increased geopolitical tensions and increased legislative disruptions. Let's turn our attention to Singapore. Share with us some examples of such challenges just here. Well, as I said, you know, grand challenges are not country specific. Uh, They affect large populations in many countries. So one such, usually I go back to the UN uh, Sustainable Development Goals. There are 17 SDGs. So one of them, I think, is quite relevant for Singapore, which is uh, well-being and health, right? So uh, Singapore is expected to have uh, more than 25% of its population, uh, more than 65 and older by 2030. So that, I would say, is one challenge that is faced by not only by Singapore, but many other countries. So that would probably qualify as a grand challenge. Are there any other challenges that you can, you know, think of, particularly here in Singapore, which has been overcome? Well, um, I would say uh, climate change is something is a grand challenge staring at us. We are, as we speak, we are seeing global warming, right, in many parts of the world. So I think Singapore's uh, public transportation uh, addresses that challenge uh, quite well. You know, when people actually do not take their private uh, vehicles and access or use the public transportation, that lowers use of uh, fossil fuel. Yeah, part of this green plan, of course, you know, public transport is so good here in Singapore. I mean, I always prefer to take the train or the bus rather than grab, unless I'm in an absolute rush. Uh, Let's talk about the strategy of double weaving. Tell us a little bit more about this and give us some insights into this strategy. 
Okay, so it's, it's not really a strategy, you know, because strategy is sort of assumes that there is a conscious plan, right? I mean, before you even uh, think of uh, addressing a problem. So what we, uh, I'll talk uh, briefly about how we chanced upon this particular context. So I'm from India, and, you know, uh, once uh, we were uh, in a particular situation, we saw uh, a small child uh, dying because of child malnutrition. And then uh, it sort of intrigued us that, you know, why uh, this had to happen. And we realized that it's not really an isolated event, but uh, uh, more than 40% of uh, children in India are malnourished. So uh, we launched, a, launched a, an inductive study, uh, four years of fieldwork, uh, and 40 years of archival, archival research uh, in a non-profit. And um, what we saw is that, you know, when we stare at grand challenges as an individual or as a small entity, we feel helpless, right? And what can we do? You know, this, the, the, the scope is such, uh, is, is, is huge. Uh, so what did this small non-profit do? So what we found is uh, this non-profit, they... Um, uh, started small, uh, they addressed problems, and when they could find solutions to those problems, you know, uh, they disseminated the results to uh, broadly. And uh, when those results reached people at higher uh, levels, for example, governments or people with resources uh, or multilateral agencies like the UN, they got support. With that resource, they again uh, applied uh, their uh, solutions in another location. And as they kept on doing this cycle, you know, of uh, scaling uh, out across locations and uh, scaling up to uh, higher levels uh, of entities which have more resources, more mandate, it was a recursive process of identifying and diagnosing problems and addressing them. So it was not really a silver bullet kind of uh, solution. Yeah, thank you for sharing that case study with us. Before I let you go, to touch on the importance of location for a business, how does it play a part in tackling these grand challenges? Location is one idea, you know, from uh, social geography. So it actually means, you know, uh, geographical entities that uh, that have organized activity. Whereas there's an idea of vertical Uh, space, which is about, you can think about local, then uh, regional, then national, then then, uh, global, right? So uh, if you think of uh, location, of course, is very important for business, uh, for access to credit, access to markets, access to to, to capital, uh, but your location may not have access to all of them, right? So, for example, uh, large markets uh, like, uh, you know, in, in India or, or China, uh, you have access to the market. But uh, in Singapore, uh, for example, you have access to uh, capital much more easily. So uh, location definitely matters. And do you have any tips on how a business can choose the right location, you know, according to their needs? Well, uh, it depends really on what your business is, right? Uh, uh, think about, you know, let's say uh, luxury, for example. You know, uh, luxury is something that needs access to uh, people with high disposable income. Uh, for example, Singapore. Uh, but uh, luxury also is about uh, handmade products, right? Uh, 
So, and and uh, many of these luxury products come from France or Italy, and increasingly so from China and also some parts of India. So you need access to the customer uh, who is willing to pay a high price for the product. You also need access to uh, the artisans who are in a different location, right? So you're sort of like a bridge between uh, these two uh, these two locations. The thoughts of Arijit Chatterjee, Associate Professor, ESSEC Business School, Asia Pacific. Thank you so much for your time and have a great rest of the day. Thank you so much. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.